Oi, tudo bem? This is Brazuca Sounds, hosted and produced by Leandro Vignoli. Hey, welcome everybody. This is Brazuca Sounds, the second of the year. Follow me on Instagram. I am there as Brazuca Sounds. You can also follow a playlist on Spotify called uh, Brazuca Sounds Soundtrack with all the songs I ever play here in the history of the show. More than 20 hours of Brazilian music for you over there. Uh, these episode we're gonna talk about the history of Nara Leon. Uh, Nara Leon passed away a long time ago. She would have turned 80 uh, last year. And I'm gonna say her name like we say in Portuguese, right? We say Nara, not Nara. And Leon, um, it is this very important suffix in the Portuguese language. Its correlation in English will be Asian. Organization, in Portuguese, organização, foundation, fundação, nation, nação, and so and so on. In this particular case, Leon, it is really not a surname, it means lion. The muse of Bossa Nova, so we're going to start this show talking a little about this part of her career, even before she released an album. apartment in the neighborhood of Copacabana in Rio de Janeiro was pretty much the QG of Bossa Nova. She was only 14, 15 years old when she decided that she wanted to be a musician. Her father decided then to reunite all these musicians in his own apartment so she didn't need to go out uh, to the nightclubs and whatnot. So in their apartment, it was like the brain cell of the entire Bossa Nova artists, Roberto Menescal, Ronaldo Boscoli, Carlos Lira, all of them from Rio de Janeiro. Other musicians, they also used to hang out over there. Uh, it was Sergio Mendes, João Donato, pretty much everybody there. It was in that apartment that Roberto Menescal wrote the very famous song O Barquinho. Dia de luz, festa de sol e um barquinho a deslizar no macio azul do mar. This song was even supposed to be a joke, right? They were just like fooling around in their couch. They used to see all these ships from the window passing the shore of Rio de Janeiro. So from the get-go, Nara Leon was singing with all these people as well, and she was considered like the muse of Bossa Nova. A nickname that she always kind of hated, actually. It was a little bit patronizing, like she was a mascot. Although, she was way more than a voice in that entire scene. Unlike other great singers of that era, like Maísa and Elise Regina, Nada also played the guitar, and so beautifully she did. 
when she even said in an interview, right, that all those guys were very interested, like, how a woman could play like a man. That's so misogynistic was the entire scene. She was also very shy to sing it, actually, more like a musician, really, and she had to be convinced uh, to sing eventually, and also she didn't want to dress up. She just wanted to be like a normal girl wearing jeans, as opposed to those very famous Brazilian singers on TV. João Gilberto was a little bit different from the scene because he was from Bahia, right? He arrived in Rio de Janeiro a little later. João Gilberto, the guy responsible to invent the Bolsonaro beat, right? Which was actually a samba beat, just played differently. <laughs> Was trying to replicate the sound of a tambourine, and that is became Bolsonaro beats. Like Tom Jobim, obviously, was always there in this apartment as well. Uh, but Tom Jobim was a little older than everybody else, and he was always considered some kind of a divinity, right? Tom Jobim was the guy. Later on, they had some kind of a partnership, Tom Jobim and Natalie. guys, Nara Leão dated briefly Ronaldo Boscoli. She was only 17. He was in his early 30s already, so it was like a disparage of age in there. And everything actually happened when Ronaldo Boscoli, out of the blue, one day came back from Buenos Aires engaged to Maísa, very, very famous, and he kind of made her into a Bolsonaro singer in the beginning of the 1960s. So Natalie Leon, she felt a little betrayed personally and musically, and she decided to quit Bolsonaro for good, and that's when she decided to record an album very different from Bolsonaro. And that's what she actually said upon releasing her first record. In that first album for me, I was talking about something that I thought was very important, talking about Brazilian problems. I really had the idea of a musical reportage, showing the people of Copacabana what the other side of Rio does. Something more like documenting the favelas, really. So this first record is very, very famous by its cover itself. It was released by the Brazilian label called Elenco. And it's just her name, Nara, in black and white. And the iconography of all these albums released by Elenco is very nice because of these red dots that became part of the métier of all albums released by their record label. 
And why was different from Bossa Nova? Because Nara Leão, as she said herself, was talking about something else, right? Bossa Nova was very connected with this idyllic idea of Brazil, right? The sea, the romance, all nice and flowers. And Nara Leão decided to talk about the favelas, the slums, the northeast region, the poverty, the African heritage, everything that actually makes Brazil what it is. And this first record of her, she decided to record a lot of unknown songwriters. They were not from the Bussinova scene, but from the samba scene. Artists like Cartola, for instance. record himself in 1976. This is like 12 years before, right? When all those samba songwriters, they didn't have any opportunity and they were not given the chance to record for actual labels. She also recorded in her first album a song by Nelson Cavaquinho. And obviously the most famous song probably of her career up to this day, written by Zach Catchy. The song Diz Que Fui Por Aí, which is about a guy playing his acoustic guitar, going from bar to bar, a lonely guy playing his samba, living in the favela region of Rio de Janeiro, with these poor places with no infrastructure at all. So Nara Leon was definitely talking about something entirely different. She was like a white girl from a rich background, singing about all those things, putting a spotlight on it. <laughs> There was also, obviously, two songs written by Vinícius de Moraes, the poet, and Baden-Powell, like a duo known by his Afro-sambas. So, a Luiz de Oliveira, the record label owner, is the guy who signs the OPAD in the back cover of the album, and he says, 
as incredible as it may seem, this release is different in style from Bossa Nova itself to a vast repertoire which includes songs that have nothing to do with Bossa Nova. Composers of the new generation are also present, but even the songs from these guys leans towards purely regional compositions. So this was actually written in Portuguese behind the album cover, and it was a first step and a big one to disassociate herself from Bossa Nova, uh, but the album has still, in my particular opinion, many of the Bossa Nova ideas and rhythms, right? It was like she was testing the waters. Aloysio, the record label executive, he was, at the end of the day, a Bossa Nova traditionalist, wanted her to record more standards, right? The regular guys, Tom Jobim, João Gilberto. So it was then, in her second album, that she really, really broke free. You can arrest me, you can beat me up, you can even so leave me without food that I'm not gonna change my mind. This is the song Opinion, the opening track of her second album, released for a different record label, the major Philips. And here's pretty much the contest behind it, right? Her first released was in January of 64, and then in April of 64, the military regime took power in Brazil through a violent coup in the streets of many urban cities, specifically the city of Rio de Janeiro. So it was in November when Nada recorded and released this second album, so it was already a dictatorship in Brazil. So this song here, it was when the, the censorship machine was still not running with all its power, so that's the only reason Nada Leon was actually able to record this song, written by the same samba writer that I was mentioned before, Zach Catchy, a primarily protest song about the living conditions in the poor neighborhoods in Rio de Janeiro, the idea of not living with electricity there. Nada Leon is also like associating herself with the Brazilian folklore. There is a song here called Na Roda da Capoeira. martial art of Brazil that was started by slaves when they pretended instead of a martial art it was just singing and dancing so the slave owners would never figure it out that they were actually doing was 
training for fights. So there was a lot of protest songs right when the military coup took power, and this is four years before Tropicalia, right? Which is pretty much considered the movement who really defined the military regime. So this is way before. Natalion was protesting way ahead of everybody's time. And for this second album, she decided to write the op-ed on the back over herself. This record was born from an important discovery for me, that popular music can give people something more than distraction and delight, that mainstream music can help them better understand the world they live in, and so that they can understand themselves at a higher level. So this is the actual words from Natalion, read here by Ali Murphy. Thank you, Ali. So this record here, Opinion, also was transforming a play that was toured in the entire country. So it was like these three main characters, Natalion playing this white rich person, Zekechi playing this poor guy from the favelas, and also João do Valle playing these guys from the northeast. So it was all three parts of Brazil represented here, the middle class, the slums, and the northeast region. And this was a time when everybody was still thinking very naively that it was possible to revert the coup, to reinstate democracy in Brazil. But obviously, as the story goes, the censorship and the dictatorship there only gotten worse and worse. We had for 25 plus years a dictatorship regime in Brazil. So, Nara Leon, she may have been even the first political voice among musicians in Brazil and so on. There is a very famous interview that she gave to a big newspaper in Brazil where the headline was, The Army is Worthless. So, she was definitely not very well seen by all those generals and commanders. Nara Leon was very contrary to the idea of a success, though. So when it was becoming a little overexposed, she decided to leave the cast of this plate, and she was actually replaced by Maria Bethânia by the suggestion of Nara Leon herself. Na vida, o meu amor me chamou pra ver a banda passar, cantando coisas de amor. A minha gente sofrida despediu-se da dor pra ver a banda passar, cantando coisas de amor. She was super into the idea of record new songwriters, right? The new generation. So she was the first one to ever record songs written by Sidney Miller, Edu Lobo, Jardes Macalé, and Chico Buarque, who, beside her in 1966, 
they win a television festival with the song A Banda, which became extremely successful in the whole country. So this song is deliberately not to be a protest song. It is just a love song about a marching band. This rhythmic marchinha, as we call, common to the carnival street parades in Brazil, you know. The backing band, the marching band. Here's the name of the song, A Banda. It was Chico Buarque actually big break into the mainstream. And this mainstream idea, as I said before, it was not something that Nara Leon was really into it. Every time she would go on tour after she did that song, people only wanted to her singing that song. And that's why then she decided to do exactly the opposite, right? Try to abolish that particular song from her repertoire. And that's when she kind of associated herself with the movement, the collective Tropicalia. She recorded only one song. Na frente do espelho, sem que ninguém avise, Miss Linda, feia, Lindonéia desaparecia, despedaçados, so, Natalie was not part, per se, of the movement, but she endorsed, right? It was a support of extreme importance for all those guys, Caetano, Gilberto Gil, Tom Zé, Os Mutantes, because she was showing like a crossover of genres and also generations, leaving behind all those guys from Bossa Nova, and putting a spotlight on these new guys. But she was so averse to this idea of being part of any movement or collective that she didn't even show up for the photo section of the album cover. That's why Caetano is famously holding a Nara Leon picture in the album cover of the album Tropicalia ou Panis at Circenses. And in 1968, the Institutional Act Number no. 5 was introduced in Brazil. The regime became very extreme, so everybody could be arrested for any reason, providing the military thought you were subversive. You didn't even need to do anything. It was just the idea they could take you, kidnap you, torture. So even though Nara Leon was never taken into prison like Caetano Veloso and Gilberto Gil were, she was threatened many, many times. And obviously being a woman was always even worse, disgusting threats than I'm not gonna repeat here. So around this time, she took off to Paris to get rid of all those bad feelings that was going on in Brazil. She pretty much left her career behind. 
meu coração Marco o compasso do meu grande amor Na alegria bate muito forte Na tristeza bate fraco Porque sente dor So, at that point, she had already eight or nine studio albums, and I would strongly recommend the first three, Nara, from 64, Opinião de Nara, and her third album, O Canto Livre de Nara, from 65, where she recorded this song on the background, Carcará. Carcará quando perrota queimada Sai voando e cantando Carcará Vai fazer sua caçada Carcará come pé cobra queimada It was an extra here, Nara Leon, her own name from 68, like a bright color album cover, Nara dressed in a pink blouse. That album is also aka her Tropicalista album, more or less, and it opens with the song Lindonea that she recorded for the Tropicalia LP as well. So Nara was in Paris, right? And right in August of 69, there was kind of a response to the unquote unquote warning that unless she stopped recording anti-detectorship songs and her husband filming polemic movies, she and her husband Kaká Diegues they will be thrown in jail. So she just decided to quit the music business entirely. And right when she was there in Paris, Nara also discovered that she was pregnant. So, for nearly two years after Isabel was born, she had completely resigned to make any more music. Then, in 1971, she came up with an album entirely made of bullshit of standards. She was kind of creating a songbook for her baby daughter to get an understanding of Brazil, the Portuguese language, all those songs that she refused to record in the past. So the name of this album is Dez Anos Depois, meaning 10 years later, encapsulating the year zero of Bolsa Nova with all those jam sections in her father Copacabana apartment 10 years previously in 1961. It is a double LP and the first disc constitute mostly of her voice and the acoustic guitars only, much played by her good friend Tuca, who by the way that same year recorded an album with the French singer François Hardy. But anyway, all these songs were all very lo-fi, minimalistic, and as I said, they were always standards of the bossa nova, such as Garota de Ipanema, Insensatez, Você foi 
e fraco assim, assim, tão desalmado. Extremely famous uh, in the voice of João Gilberto. So you can almost hear Nara Leão breath of her singing, right? You can also hear this scratch of the nylon guitar uh, in the recording session. So for the disc two of this double album, uh, Nara sent all those acoustic demo tapes from Paris to Rio, and it was hardly convinced by her friend and producer Roberto Menescal to overdub those tracks with some orchestration, more evident percussion and other sonic ideas as well. She was very, very against it, but according to the legend, uh, after she heard what Menescal did with those songs, she called him back all the way from Paris saying, I'm such an idiot. These are now so much better songs. song, obviously, Desafinado, written by Tom Jobim. 18 of the 24 songs on this Natalion record are written or co-written by Tom Jobim. Many of these songs later on actually had their English translation as well. And to be honest, many of those translations, they really don't sound quite well because many of those songs were really about Brazil and Rio de Janeiro, right? Ipanema is a neighborhood in Rio. Corcovado is the hill where the Sugarloaf is. But anyway, this is an absolute of a jam album from Nara Leon, the record Dez Anos Depois. She's in the album cover with a winter coat in the snowy streets of Paris. And by the way, in the repertoire, a not so subtle absence, Ronaldo Boscoli, her first boyfriend that I mentioned before, uh, he had written many of those main lyrics in Bossa Nova, and there are zero tracks written by him in this record here. By the way, at the time, Boscoli was not even married to Maísa anymore, but to Elise Regina, who was somebody who Nara Leão really disliked, which was mutual. More on that rivalry later. So she released this record, and in 1972, she decided to go back uh, to Brazil, but she was basically also dedicating her life to motherhood. Music was really her side project at the time behind her family. With some exceptions, she would act and then perform in the movie Quando o Carnaval Chegar, directed by her husband, Cacá Diegues, it is Nara Leão, Chico Buarque e Maria Bethânia. Quem me vê sempre parado, distante, garante 
like a musical about the carnival, right? Very nonchalant, happy-go-lucky type of movie, kind of to just oppose the idea that the dictatorship, everything was sad and depressed. Her husband, Cacá Diagas, by the way, was a very famous uh, movie director in Brazil, right? Later on, he also directed the international sensation Chica da Silva and in the 1980s, the movie Bye Bye Brazil. So Natalie Leon performing two songs in that album and other two duets with Maria Bethânia, mostly street carnival songs. A saudade de um amor, oh, 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 no meu peito quis entrar, ah, ah, o amor já foi-se embora, e a saudade quis ficar, foi Deus quem te fez, formosa, formosa. And when it comes to Natalion, only in 75 she released a proper album with many of Brazilian children's song actually including the iconic Atirei o Pão no Gato, right? I hit the cat with a stick and the cat didn't die. Yeah, that was really a children's song in Brazil, very famous. Nara Leon really didn't like to be put in a box, right? Bolsonaro or Samba or NPB. So she decided to record an entire album with songs written and performed previously by Roberto Carlos and Erasmo Carlos. Se você pensa que vai fazer de mim O que faz com todo mundo que te ama Acho bom saber que pra ficar comigo Vai ter que mudar And this is very weird-ish, because for a long time in the 1960s, those two guys, Roberto and Erasmus, they were perceived as the opposite of Bossa Nova, right? As pop, something of a less value, imitation of American rock and roll music. Uh, there was even a very famous rally of musicians on the streets of Sao Paulo, in the late 60s, pledging against the electric guitar led by, among others, Elise Regina, who was at the time seen as like a bossa nova spokesperson. Nara Leon, obviously, she did not take part on that rally, which, by the way, for many, many people was very, very associated with the military regime, right? Because of its nationalistic tune, right? The rally was against the electric guitar because the electric guitar was not Brazilian enough. So some people really didn't like to be in that realm. And that's one of the reasons that Nara Leon and Elisa Regina really didn't get along from that day on. Elisa Regina always made fun almost in a very meanly way of Nara Leon's voice. She felt like Nara Leon was not a good singer. And Nara Leon always teased also the fact that Elise Regina it was this old-fashioned person always recording music written by successful songwriters, that she was not creative or innovated. Se você pretende saber quem eu sou 
de Santos e você vai me conhecer But for all that beef the quintessential rivalry of Brazilian music uh, Elisa Gina also later on came to record songs written by Roberto Carlos including that very same song from Nara Leão's record uh, the song As Curvas das Estradas de Santos Eu prefiro as curvas da Estrada de Santos Elise Regina version, you can hear a lot of guitar, right? So she, in the 1970s, kind of regretted having participated in that rally against the electric guitar. And she was pretty much imitating everything that Natalie Leon was doing for pretty much 10 years before. But anyway, like many other musicians from the Bossa Nova circle, really, really didn't like when Nara Leon released that album, All Songs Written by Roberto Carlos. Again, they thought it was beneath her, right? Super, super snob, those guys in the Bossa Nova. Uh, Roberto Carlos and Erasmo, they may be cheesy, but it's superb pop quality. And even though Nara Leon recorded this LP on purpose, right, just to be confrontational. Despite all her refusal of being famous, Nara Leon in the 1980s became very, very big in Brazil once again, especially because of the Sunday night TV show Fantástico that before MTV in Brazil was always presenting new music and new artists, and Nara Leon was super into recording music videos. Very cheesy one, by the way. Super 1980, right? Which was like a dicey era for many, many of the artists. But unfortunately, she passed away very early. She was 47 years old in 1989. She had like a brain a tumor, but she left behind an incredible amount of records, 24 in total, and a great legacy for the Brazilian music. For someone who still is recognized as the muse of Bossa Nova, she absolutely transcended that term. She was the muse of many other music genres in Brazil. So, that being said, I'm gonna finish it up this show with a song from an album that I didn't even mention here in the show from 67. Nara Leon recorded many songs with this like marching bands thematic songs about the circus and this particular one here oh circle is literally that i'm gonna play here to finish it off just because my baby son absolutely adores this song oh. 
começar a brincadeira Tem charanga tocando a noite inteira Vem, vem, vem ver o circo de verdade Tem, tem, tem picadeiro e qualidade so that was a wrap for today, folks. Follow me on Instagram. I'm there as Brazuca Sounds. If you also like this show, I totally recommend follow a playlist on Spotify called Brazuca Sounds Soundtrack with all the tracks I play here, including the ones of today in its entirety. Now it's time for some vacation days in Brazil. I'm taking off. Bye-bye. See you next time. Cadeiro e qualidade Bem me lembro o trapezista Que mortal era seu salto Balançando lá no alto Parecia de brinquedo Mas fazia tanto medo Que os This was Brazuca Sounds With Leandro Vignoli Thank you for listening And see you next time Música